seeing the success of what women had done to get to that point where they were full-time was a big propeller for me and a big engine to kind of push me forward. So not only was I able to contribute just to the industry, but also I think to my own business because I knew that it was possible and I knew what I needed to do. Welcome to another episode of Academics Mean Business. This is your host, Dr. Lindsay Padilla. Today, my guest is Dr. Tracy Timberlake. We actually are speaking, um, this interview is happening about two years after the first time we met. Uh, We were both speaking at a business event. It was my first kind of public uh, speaking engagement as an entrepreneur and not as a teacher or a professor. And what I loved about Tracy's talk is she actually referenced the research of her dissertation. So her dissertation was about online entrepreneurship and how women were starting businesses and transitioning from their nine to five into full-time coaching. And she basically studied um, social media and how they started these businesses really effectively um, and what that looked like. And it's so funny because in the interview, she brings up Basically, there were 72 articles out of all of academia, out of all the institutions, all the journals that actually talked about this kind of research. Um, So that's fun because we talk a little bit about that gap, like why potentially there is a gap. And her background is a little bit different than some of my other guests because she was working um, in an administrative position at a law school uh, and she basically started a YouTube channel. Uh, doing makeup, (laughs) curling her hair, you know, putting on lip gloss, that kind of thing. And she realized that it could be a viable business when YouTube started paying digital influencers. And she started getting brands approach her about sharing uh, and using their products. So that's when she decided to do the research. So her academic journey was always to benefit her business, which I love. And I thought was such a great um, angle uh, that we really haven't really presented on this podcast. So very cool, um, very cool conversation. And we actually, a lot of the parallels of writing a dissertation and starting a business really come forward in this in this interview. Um, and also um, another theme was how we can actually look at a societal trend and help people in the online space by doing research on that societal trend. And she's going to reveal to you um, a, a few minutes into the podcast uh, her latest venture, her latest course, and it was all based on something that she recognized was happening in the online space. So it's a great interview. I really hope you enjoy this one. And please feel free to reach out to Tracy. Let her know you loved this interview. Um, and let's also get talking about it in the Academics Mean Business Facebook group. So enjoy this one. Yay! I am so happy to have Dr. Tracy Timberlake here with us today on another episode of Academics Mean Business. Tracy, welcome. Hi! Thanks so much for having me. So excited to be here. Yeah, I think we're on our like two-year anniversary of meeting. I, I saw on so. Facebook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Facebook is good for reminding you about those. It things. is right. Yeah, um, and part of me is always like, wait, it was that long ago. It seems still pretty fresh. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So Tracy and I met in person. Actually, I think that was actually my. F- No, that was my second entrepreneurial event ever, Mm -hmm. but we both spoke at it. Um, And I was just just so enamored with her presentation. Uh, She was working on her dissertation at the time, if I Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So she was one of the first academic 
entrepreneur people that I met. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, we have something in common. Oh my gosh, let's be friends. That's how I remember it. It's a thing. It's a thing. There are academic entrepreneurs. There are. And I'm finding every single last one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Tracy, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about that academic background of yours, what you studied and that journey for you. And I know yours is a little more layered and intertwined than maybe some others. Mine was very like clearly like an Mm -hmm. abrupt kind of thing, but I know yours was a little bit different. So share with us that background if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. So, well, I, I guess my introduction to academics, aside from my own school, is I worked at a university. I worked as an administrator Mm. at a law school. So I was running uh, a law program for them during the summertime. And in this time, I was also building my YouTube channel. Um, It was kind of something I was doing for fun. I was a beauty and lifestyle vlogger. I talked about hair products and lipstick. And, you know, that was like a really fun project for me. Now, Mm. as I was growing that, it was it grew very organically when I first got started on YouTube. No one was making money doing it. Girls were literally just doing this for fun. And that's how I got started. What year is that? Just so we can kind of Um, I got really, really serious in 2012. Cool. Yeah. So 2000, I think my first video might've been a couple years prior, but I really, you know, kind of was more consistent. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this in 2012 Mm, because that's really when other people started to uh, Ah, find me and I started to work with other brands. And, and I guess that was, I don't know when digital influencer kind of became a thing because mm, bigger brands mm-hmm. started to work with uh, bloggers and vloggers like myself. So uh, what I was doing, I was still in law school. Now I knew at some point there was something inside of me that said that YouTube was really going to end up being a, a much bigger thing. And I really mm. wanted to, you know, get out of the academic world so that I could focus more on my YouTube channel. Cause really it mm. was like another full-time job at the time. Yeah. And uh, so I ventured into, I guess, further academics when I said, you know what, I'm going to study social media. I think, you know, as I'm Mm. becoming this online entrepreneur, and this is my industry, social media. So that was my first dissertation because I actually wrote like one and a half. (laughs) What I love love about you, and I was so excited to have you on, is you're such a different angle on what I talk about. And Mm. instead of the academic going, whatever, going far in academia and then, and then peeking into entrepreneurship, you were in entrepreneurship and you're like, well, I watch people study stuff. I have this, like, Mm -hmm. there's something about academics who want to research and want to become, you know, whatever, like have a PhD in something. And so you're like, cool, I could totally do this in, in social media. Why wouldn't I study something to benefit uh, the my industry. business, right? My yeah. business and the industry, really, and the industry at that time, no one. And still, even now, I mean, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of people that study this stuff from sure. an empirical perspective. I mean, you have the online marketers who are kind of, you know, looking at stuff, but in terms of like diving deep, having mm. a, you know, well-rounded, you know, empirical peer reviewed situation, that's not common. Yeah. Right. Nope, so nope. I was like, I'm going to do this. And because I was working at a university, I mean, it was, like the, the cards were laid out, like just it go to sense. school. We'll yeah. pay for it. Yep. I was like, okay. Oh, that's <laughs> so, a big one. That's right. a big one. <laughs> so I was like, sure. And so that, so I first started studying social media, but then 
because I thought I would stay kind of in academics. And so I was, I was studying mm. higher ed and social media and how people were getting fired, you know, for, for posting on social media. But then I realized that actually I kind of just want to do this by myself. And so that's when I started to study online entrepreneurship specifically for women mm. and did an entire study. So that was the second dissertation and did an entire study on, um, you know, just the efficacy of business coaching and what that looks like in today, especially for women, as this is becoming a very viable industry for a lot of women who are leaving corporate and turning to entrepreneurship. Oh my gosh, I love it. Can we kind of dive into your research a little bit? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> again, there's, there, I think when I was studying this, there were like 72 articles that had been written just about women. Oh, wow. It was not a lot. So that no, was yeah. in my benefit because I didn't have to do like this really extensive lit review. There were 72 articles. Totally. And what I found was, is that those who were successful did experience or did, uh, I guess, explore some sort of mentorship and business coaching. Mm. And there was a five-step process to what they found. And a lot of that was that business coaching wasn't enough. I mean, that's that's what I found in the research is that business coaching is great for strategy. But when you are starting to build a business, there are so many things, and I know that you know this because you built your own, Mm. but there are so many things that you come up against that are not just business and strategy. Like you start to look at a lot of things that are deeper inside of yourself. So that's, I mean, in the women that I found, they all said the exact, it was pretty much the exact same thing. Cool. Did you do qualitative research? You interviewed them? I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So where everyone was wanting to do, they told me that quantitative would be a lot easier, but I just felt like that wasn't (laughs) going to capture what I wanted. (laughs) I hear you on that one. Yeah. So I did the interviews and yeah, it was really great to, to, because at this time, when I was still in school and doing the interviews, I was, was I full-time in my business yet? I don't think I was full-time in my business yet. So I knew that I was getting there uh, when I was doing the research, but uh, seeing the success of what women had done to get mm. to that point where they were full-time was was a big propeller for me and a big engine yeah. to kind of push me forward. Um, so not only was I able to contribute just to the industry, but also I think to my own business because I knew that it was possible. For and sure. I knew what I needed to do. Like I was like, okay, got it. Yeah. Did you interview women that, yes, had full-time, like started their business? Was it like a, an income level or yeah? How did yeah, you find your participants? Yeah, it was women who had already transitioned within the last mm. 12 months, who had transitioned full-time into their um, business, whatever that looked like. So it was therapists. It wasn't just like coaches. It was therapists. It was, um, fitness people. It was, Mm. there were some coaches there. There were also some like freelance writers and freelance. There was like a psychic that I, you know, so there was a lot of different kinds of people that I had interviewed who had left their corporate jobs uh, in the last 12 months because they were able to replace their income. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yay. Awesome. Well, if that's not any um, inspiration too, (laughs) I feel like so many of the people I interview, we've been, we've been researching and then at least for me, but also many others, it's kind of like, oh, we played the academic game, but I'm not really blending. Mm -hmm. I could totally do research right now on, you know, on entrepreneurship or potentially on academics, starting a business and make it peer reviewed. I hadn't really considered that. Like part of me is like, oh, I left that. But uh, the other part of me is like, oh, that's actually really interesting because we could contribute so much to the literature on that. And it's kind of, it might be indicative of the lack of study in that area is, is kind of interesting to me too, a little bit. It is. And you know, you have the bigger magazines or the bigger publications that are producing the, um, 
you know, those studies that say this is the median income for somebody who graduates with XYZ degree. Mm -hmm. And so many mm -hmm. people are pushing STEM, which is very important because innovation and technology mm -hmm. is, is kind of the future. But what's interesting to me is that entrepreneurship never appears on any of those lists, mm -hmm. ever. And mm -hmm. uh, when you take a look at it, and I get, we've all heard the statistic, you know, 90% of people fail or whatever, but we need to start looking at this as a viable industry. And the other day I went to speak at a career day, which I do uh, locally, usually once or twice a year. Um, and I show up as an entrepreneur because there's always the firefighter mm. and the doctor and the lawyer. Uh, but I want to show kids that this, this is something. And so mm. I showed up there and interestingly, they had no idea what I did. I spoke to fifth graders. They had no idea what I did. It just said entrepreneur on the paper, like on the sheet that they mm. get. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I went around the room cause I thought it would be really interesting. This was over a hundred kids. And I, I went around the room and I said, stand up, introduce yourself, you know, say it loud, say it proud, and then tell us what you want to do when you grow up. 35% mm. of the people in that room wanted to be YouTubers, which was interesting to me. Cause that's so Amazing. Right, because they had no idea that that's what I did, or they didn't know my background at all. But thirty-five, yeah. which is significant, even if it, it was only one in ten, that's still significant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, that is so interesting to me that they're seeing this now. As and I think YouTube is an interesting gateway into entrepreneurship because for sure, right? Um, because that's what they're seeing. They're not seeing all the other stuff. But it was it was such. Um, I think it was a little refreshing too. Like they're seeing this as, as a viable industry. I think it's time for a lot of us to start seeing it as well. The parents, the adults yeah. in their life, yes. as like, yes, you can do this. So I am gonna uh, say this too. I saw your ad, Tracy, oh, <laughs> for yeah. kids in YouTube, and I was like, effing genius. Like, Thank you. Parents have been asking me for that for years, and I finally was like, after talking to the fifth graders and then just talking to more parents, I was like, you know what? I could help people around. Right. This. I yeah. mean, I'm not gonna like. This is not going to be the main, fo I don't think it is the main focus of what I do forever and always, but let me give them a container. Let me start yeah. something. Let's start the yeah. conversation. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Now I wouldn't, I would like to go back to a, a, something you brought up, um, this gap in the literature that you're finding. And I'm even kind of looking at the gap as it relates to my, um, my understanding of entrepreneurship as an option, as an academic, mm -hmm. someone who was going into academia for very clearly to be a professor and mm -hmm. to teach for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. um, but like exploring entrepreneurship, like, nope, not a thing. Definitely, <laughs> definitely um, siloed in business school, right? Like, yeah. quote unquote. And mm -hmm. so something that I wasn't really a part of. And so I, I find, I think that's so interesting. I'm interviewing people, you know, or, you know, academics who have started businesses and a common thread um, of people I interview, maybe you're the outlier <laughs> in some way, but like a common thread is they stumble into it because of a like inner knowing of wanting to create mm. and do something outside of the institution. Mm -hmm. And then you represent um, someone, well, you were in um, an academic environment yeah. working, but not like maybe thinking, oh, I mean, maybe you were thinking about being a professor, but then, but either way, you started this side thing that it was kind of an accident for you a little bit too, but then you go in to do research as an academic and you're like, why is no one talking about this? Right. And so of course we don't know it's an option because no one's talking about it as such. Right. Yeah. So interesting. And then the part with the kids too. Um, yeah. So many of my, you know, some of my friends that I've met in this, in this industry. Um, but then I guess some friends from high school too. I mean, 
even a few years ago, I guess I kind of noticed it, like the unpacking videos, you know, or the whatever that's called, mm-hmm. the unwrapping videos yeah. of toys and all this stuff. And I saw my friend's kids, you know, on their iPads, watching people open yes. toys. And I'm like, that's so interesting. And yes. now what what was it? Slime was like the most popular mm-hmm. search thing. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is having a huge influence on this generation. And we may be ill-equipped as adults to actually... Um, you know, foster that creativity and engagement because maybe, mm-hmm. oh, well, I don't know if I want my kid on YouTube. Like there's strangers on the internet. So I don't right. know if you could speak to anything around oh, that yeah, based on absolutely. what you're teaching now. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for just even, even acknowledging that. I think as now I don't have kids, but I think that I, I, you know, am auntie to everyone. And like a lot of my friends have kids mm-hmm. and that's exactly mm-hmm. what they're feeling is like, I don't, this is what they want to do. I don't know what to do with that. You know, I don't know if this is okay. How them to be safe. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know if I should say yes to this. And Mm. so what I'm trying to do with the parents, at least for the summer, is I say, this is a great time to start because the kids are home. Let's, let's give that. This is the new version of the lemonade stand. Right. Oh, like, I love it. They want to start the lemonade stand in their driveway. That's what we did as kids. This is now what they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to prepare them for this in the most, uh, I, I effective way possible that I know how to do, which is to create sure. a program that helps them because they are going yep. this yep. You have to manage your kid. Your kid is a kid. They yep. are not yep. going to look at this like a business. They're not going to consider the safety or the privacy issues. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to give you the tools that you need right for this. Now, parents, they're looking at it like, uh, I, I don't know because this, we did not grow up with this kind of industry. You know, 10 years ago, YouTube was not sure. like a thing. So no. yeah, they are feeling like they're a little bit ill-equipped, but mm-hmm. I'm saying just, we can be scared about it. Sure. We can, we can be afraid or we can look at it as a possibility because there are kids mm-hmm. who are literally able to save for their college funds from their bedroom because they're unboxing toys. Or kids that have retired their parents because they have an entire empire that they have to run. Like this one kid is making a million dollars a month. One month. A million. He made over $11 million last year talking. He's six, by the way. Like talking about toys. (laughs) You know, and so imagine what that looks like for a family. Mm. And will that be everybody's experience? No. But what it can do is teach your kids more about possibility uh, what mm-hmm. it looks like to put effort into something and achieve mm-hmm. a goal, what it looks like to work mm-hmm. hard at something, what it looks like even to make a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. We're not saying millions, but even if you can make a few hundred dollars a month doing something that you love versus feeling like you have to go through X, Y, and Z pathway to make a living in this world, if they can get started at nine or 10, 11, 12 years old and realize, listen, there's a lot of possibility out there in 2018 that I can explore whether it's YouTube or otherwise, I think that that's doing the kids a very good service moving forward. Because in 10 years, we know the research. In 10 years, the majority of the traditional jobs out there will not exist. When you look at the numbers of like a doctor, a surgeon who's making, you know, $400,000 a year median, that's a good surgeon. It took them Mm -hmm. 25, 30 years to get there. And they had student loans that they had paid for too along the way. Whereas as an entrepreneur, people are making that at home in their pajamas. You know, uh, so that's, that's what I'm trying to help parents to see is the possibility because just because it's new Mm. doesn't mean it's not viable and doesn't mean that you can't help. Yeah. 
I love that. And I, and it makes me think about too, just like, well, first of all, you teaching them in the summer is amazing because most parents I know are like, great. Now my kids are home. Right, what, <laughs> what do, do I, I do? do with them? <laughs> right. But how cool I actually went to an event last year. I think it was ask live. If you're familiar with Ryan Levesque's work or whatever, he had a mother up there and she was homeschooling her kids and one of their major like quote unquote final projects maybe of elementary school i don't i don't know i don't know homeschool and i don't know how people typically structure it but one one year they gave their daughter the chance to build a business and they worked on math skills. They worked on like copywriting and like, and you know, you, I mean, think about building a business and all the skills that you can obtain from it, but it was so cool because it be, they became like a mother daughter team. The yeah. mother, I think, and the daughter took the course together. It was all the ask mm -hmm. method, which essentially is literally ask your audience what they want and yep. then create it. <laughs> Um, but they did that and she was a dancer and it was all around, um, being a dancer and creating like pins and I want to say like stickers, like they started really cheap, but then it went into, you know, t-shirts and stuff. And mm -hmm. they basically found out what dancers weren't represented by mainstream dance companies mm. language. And then they basically went all in on a certain type of like customer that wasn't being represented in these products out there. So, so what I love about this is this idea that a mother and daughter did it together, um, that they used it as a learning experience. And YouTube is, is very, similar like the possibilities and what the a child could learn from you know being productive and working towards a goal and putting mm -hmm. themselves out there and that confidence right. they could gain the conversations you could have about comments on YouTube I mean there's so many so many productive so, conversations exactly. and That's what I'm things. saying. Yeah. so many and even in when I was doing the webinar and just kind of introducing them to the program I said you know like you're gonna have to have these conversations mm. um yep. And this is a great way to do it because, yeah, you're at home, you're working as a team. And even inside of the program, there's a part for the parents, because like I said, this oh, nice. is going to be a, like the kids aren't looking at this like a business. They're like, I want to talk about no. slime and toys. Like, yeah. So let them focus on the content and then you focus on the business aspect because when you work with brands, like kids can't sign contracts, right? Like can't, they can't yep, do that. Yep. You do that. Yep. So, um, so I'm teaching them how to work with the brands and just to become a digital influencer, but also how to have those, those harder conversations about the hater comments or the troll mm -hmm. comments or, mm -hmm. or what that looks like. Like, how do you feel about, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Which I think is so much more, uh, what's the word like real world versus, yep. I mean, again, both Tracy and I are not parents, right. <laughs> but right. like, I, I, I imagine the difficulty of like talking to your kids about what, you know, Instagram and YouTube yeah. and, um, and social media in general. And then you just being the parent that says, Oh, like be nice to people on the internet. And they're like, right. whatever, mom, you don't <laughs> right. get it. Right. But if they're actually experiencing it and they're having real world conversations based on them doing, um, a building a business or, or whatever, having a YouTube channel, whether or not money comes from mm -hmm. it, but what a, what a more practical way to, to be talking about, um, you know, interaction on social media and, you know, think about a kid getting some level of confidence mm -hmm. um, and they're able to help other kids at school as a result right. of their experience or whatever. So I love it. I think I think it's just I just love that. I, I love that you're taking um, that you're taking people through this so they don't yeah. feel like a lost parent um, trying to figure it out on them on their own mm -hmm. and that they can feel guided. Um, yeah. And I think that that's Thank really you. huge. And the kids Very are going to cool. be on YouTube anyway. They're going to be on social media. <laughs> They're doing it anyway. Right. So why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why not have yeah. 
Yeah, an empowered parent. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Thank you. Totally. Thank you. Very cool. (laughs) Um, So we got a little bit into like a new business venture for you. Um, (laughs) I well, I'd love to hear. You know, one of the things I like to model on this podcast is kind of how business changes a lot. Yeah. um, And how you know potentially how you started, you were you know kind of just creatively doing makeup tutorials Mm because they were super fun for you. Um, Could you give us like the evolution of your business? You know, a little bit. Um, That would be really helpful. Yeah. So. So as I said, you know, started on the bathroom floor with a flat iron and, um, I guess my first taste of entrepreneurship really was when I started working with the brands who were paying me to create yeah. content. I mean, even with Google AdSense, you know, being able to monetize a video. Now back then no one monetized videos. No. Yeah. It was all free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything was free. And then eventually YouTube started rolling it out to like certain people. If you had one video that went really well, they were like, Hey, you now have the ability to monetize this video. But that was very Mm -hmm. new to the majority, to everyone that was on the YouTube Mm -hmm. space. So the brands and working with the brands, I was like, you know what? They are really understanding this. Like they really get the fact that real people, uh, people like to see what they have to say. Um, the girl mm-hmm. next door, you know, somebody else who's in college, what are they, mm-hmm. they like to see this versus you know, the Kardashians of the world or the celebrities. Yep. While the celebrity effect is still, I guess, something that people explore, really having the influencers, it wasn't even a term back then, you know, but having the influence, I should say, of people who uh, have these audiences who watch them was beneficial to the companies. When I decided that I was going to do it full time, I I remember it because I was, it was August of 2015 and I was walking my dog. And at that point I was still in my nine to five job and still doing YouTube full time. And I was like, this is, this is not sustainable. Like I'm tired. Mm. I felt like I had like 95 different bosses. Cause when you're working with brands, they're also your boss. You know, they're like, we want this video out. We want it on this day make sure you say this. So I was exhausted and I said, something has got to change. And I love YouTube. It was, that wasn't really something I wanted to give up, but I was going to have to, uh, if I, Mm. you know, just for my own sanity. And that's kind of when I found, uh, I guess, the online coaching world and the personal development world. Ah. And then I just started exploring, you know, started putting feelers out there, seeing what was what. And I didn't tell anybody I had this YouTube channel, but somehow somebody had found out. And they said, (laughs) I don't remember even who it was, but they were like, oh, I didn't know you had this YouTube, just making these, you know, these relationships online. And they said, I didn't know you had a YouTube channel. I want to do that. Like, how do I do that? And I was like, oh, oh that's like a thing. Like, nice. you want to learn how to do that? And that's really yep. how my business got started. I had no, because yep. for me, making videos was so natural. At that point, I had yep. been in it for, you know, three or four years. Talking to a camera was second nature. Making YouTube mm-hmm. videos, camera things, angles, easy. I had no yep. clue that this was not something that people knew how to do. I was like, oh, yep. Okay. Love it. Sure. And that's, that's it. That's how it started. And I started teaching people, um, entrepreneurs, how to get more visible using video. Hmm. And then, um, because you and I got to meet in person in Miami, mm-hmm. uh, this did. January, mm-hmm. I believe, and you were just wrapping up a program that I think is called platform. Is that yes, what it's called? That's what or, it's called. Yeah. Yeah. So I love, I love your angle on that too. So tell us a little bit about how that came about too. Sure. So, oh, I feel like there's so many things. Well, it's really (laughs) research-based. Which I love. (laughs) Yes. Which we all love. I took the research that I had from 
my dissertation and what I'd learned in mm-hmm. business coaching, I took um, my experience as an entrepreneur and I said, let me put these two together because I don't know that there's a program that's out there that combines these two. Because mm-hmm. also there's not every online program, I don't want to say everyone, but the ones that I've experienced or the ones that I know of are very, here's your module, watch your video. We're going to hop on a call yep. if you have questions. Yep. And that's yep. just <laughs> not the traditional way that we have all learned. We have sat in classrooms. We mm-hmm. have listened to teachers. We've raised our hands. And I said, I want to create that same thing in the online space. And because people, that's how it's, that's how people want to learn. We like to learn interactively. And so that's what I created. So it is teaching people how to be more visible online. It's still following that. Also how to kind of, it touches every aspect of an online business, really everything from the Mm -hmm. beginning to the end, to launching everything. But we do it live in a classroom setting where you can raise your hand and you can ask questions. We have study hall hours during the week, just like college. And, uh, it, it became this really amazing community. Um, there were about 45, there were a couple of guys, but mostly women, uh, who came into this program and left with something so much bigger than even I thought was going to be possible. And one day, it was so interesting, one day they all got together and decided they were all going to do testimonial videos about this. I had no Uh. idea. They all did this on their own. And so now I have like 30 testimonial videos of people just talking about it because they're like, we want you to do this again. We want people to know what the experience looks like. Here's a video. I never had to ask for testimonials, nothing. Wow. Because it was such a refreshing way for them to learn this. And they found so much success with it uh, that they they want me. They're like, because I was like, I don't even know if I want to do it again. They're like, no, you have to do this again. You have to. (laughs) So I was like, I don't know. But because I change, you know, my business changes every year. But they're like, no, like, do it. You need to do it again. Here are all the videos. We're going to give you everything you need. Just, just. Tell them it's Just open. Do it. So um, it was a great experience. Uh, and yes, I will do it again. It'll start. In the awesome. Fall. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I remember talking to you about it, too. And I think you were kind of talking about how there was, was it like a dentist or a lawyer or something? Yes. You had so definitely it was, yeah, like accomplished professionals. Yeah, it was mostly people, mostly in their 40s, in mm-hmm. all honesty. I mean, there's a couple that are in their 20s and, and some that are in their 30s, but the majority are in their 40s who have been mm-hmm. working um, and have been very successful at their careers. Lawyers, uh, doctors. Uh, like people with PhDs and, and EDDs and PsyDs and things like that. Therapists. Um, there is yep. a police officer. There are awesome. a lot of different teachers, uh, people who are very successful in their career who want to do something else to make an yep. impact in their industries yep. in the online space. I love so it. So these are not the typical entrepreneur, like I want to be a life coach. Exactly. These are yeah. like people who are, who are leaders and want to be even like virtual leaders in their field. Yeah. And it makes sense too, that they're attracted to you and want to learn from you this, this type of work because you've done it yourself. You've modeled it. You've researched it. Like, obviously that's, that would be the person (laughs) I would sign up with. Um, very cool. Very cool, Tracy. So I would love to hear a little bit about, I don't know, what do you think your skill set maybe as working in a law school? I could see that actually being really interesting, writing a dissertation, going through the whole grad school process um, while, you know, running a full time business. Um, what skill sets do you think you got from that academic kind of way of being and the way you have to be in academia uh, that you were able to translate into into business? Uh, oh, so many. I mean, first and foremost, I definitely think that approaching business from, well, it worked for me, so it must work for everybody is not, that's not a good model. Like, Um, I think everybody does it like this worked for me. So I'm going to teach people what works for me. Um, And while I can, I think the, the fact that I will always go back to some element of research is, 
is a good thing in this space yep. because it, it, it gives more of a social proof than just look how I did it. Because let's mm-hmm. be honest, that's not how this works. Like, the, just yeah. be, you know, just because it works for me doesn't mean that it works for everybody. Because we have to take a look at um, skill set. We have to take a look at personality type. We have to look, you just everything. Uh, so so when I can yeah. come up with a system that, yes, I can infuse what I have done into it, but also take the research that I have of the hundreds of people that I've interviewed and the even more people that I've kind of studied in this industry, I think that creates for, for me like a, a more... Um, a more comprehensive way of being a coach in this mm-hmm. space. And, and I hope that people can see that as well, because they know like when I, when I teach them, I, first of all, I always go back to some theory thing. Like I'm like, well, this is the theory. Yep. And that is what attracted a lot of people. All the doctors who have done dissertations and things, they start to go, because you talked about that, that makes sense to me. So, you know, yep. and I will, I'll break it down for the ones who haven't done research and stuff, but I always go back to certain theories. So that's one. And then of course I would say time management. I think mm-hmm. that's the other thing because <laughs> when you are running your own business, it's very easy to just sit at home and just watch Netflix and be like, well, I don't have to do anything today. Uh, but if, if there's an end game and an end goal and, and the goal is impact and things like that, like time management really does matter. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, finishing a dissertation Especially, I think, from your perspective, too, if you weren't planning on becoming a professor, you were doing the research for research sake, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously to get the letters and I and the credibility. But it, it really is the experience of going through a large research project. Um, you know, you don't, quote unquote, have to do it right. <laughs> like no one, you know. And so, um, you know, a, obtaining that goal, getting to the finish line is part of that process. And so the time man- management is so necessary to be able to birth something like a dissertation. Yeah. You know, I'll also say because everything is research, based, or you just start to think in terms of research mm, that mm-hmm. everything becomes research, you know, like, like the kids, for mm-hmm. example, that I said who, and like, that is a percentage that is research. You know, and I can yep. take that percentage and do something with it. I can write an article from, you know, whatever, but that's a percentage. Or even studying my, I study my students even, or the people that are in my program, and I start to go, okay, what what kinds of personalities resonate with this kind of teaching versus this kind of teaching? Yes. And then it becomes yes. a more comprehensive way of teaching because everybody doesn't learn the same way. And so yep. as somebody who is an educator, you know, or a coach, I start to look at that and, and just, instead of just saying, well, this is what we're going to do and just deal with it. I start to go, okay, let me, from a research perspective, knowing that there are multiple different ways of learning and theories when it comes to that, starting to incorporate that even in the way that I am helping people. Definitely. I I think we talked about this actually, like in Miami, because um, I remember being like, yes, like it's so, um, you know, I recently have launched a beta of betas, actually. (laughs) And uh, one of the reasons for launching it is because I just found there was just such a lack of um, feedback uh, that that people in the space didn't realize that uh, how to get it from their students mm. and what to do with that feedback. Yeah. Um, and good. I think that's what you're bringing up, right. Is, is um, you know, how can we pay attention to uh, how can we listen to our students? How can we pay attention to the way things are landing um, landing, you know, in the learning uh, opportunity that you're providing them. And, and then, and then what changes do you need to make in your curriculum or the experience to get more students through, to get them more results? Because that's literally why we're 
we're doing this. Um, and it was something that, yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs who create courses don't totally think about, right? They're so mm -hmm. into the launch, yeah. um, you know, getting people in the door, which all makes sense on a very practical level. You need revenue to right. keep your business going. So <laughs> right. that's going to be what you focus on. But then focusing on what happens on the inside is pretty key as it well. Is. So thank you for bringing yeah. up curriculum, because mm. I think that's the mm. other thing, too, that I would say that I've learned, I guess, is, yeah, curriculum. Because a lot of what I studied, yeah. I mean, my doctor's in education. So a lot of what I studied was curriculum. And I guess yep, I did bring yep. that without even knowing, like I did bring the process of curriculum to, you know, and, and the learning process of how somebody's going to learn yep. into um, the way that I deliver Teach it online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. So you brought up in your research um, that you found that mentorship and guidance and um, that kind of thing was really important in a lot of these women starting businesses. Mm -hmm. Where did you go for mentorship and um, support and as a way to get, you know, get your business really going? Yeah, good question. Um, well, when I first started, I'm a huge uh, proponent of just emulating success, right? So I just found like somebody mm. that I was like, okay, I like what you're doing. Teach me that. Um, and I, my background before education is business. So I did go to business school. Mm. Um, so, and it's so funny because when I was in business school, I had two professors who were adamant about me starting a business. They were like, you know, you really should wow. switch your major. You know, like, because my major was marketing and they said, I really ah. think, you know, that I think that you should start your own business one day. And I they said, see it in you. absolutely cool. not. That sounds like sales or it sounded like I needed to invent something like, you know, and I was like, I don't, ah, I don't yes, want to do that's that. That's how I saw <laughs> starting a business too, was inventions. Totally, yeah. And totally. I was like, that's not yeah. what I want to do at all. I'm going to stick to yeah. my marketing. It was marketing and finance. I was like, I'm going to stick to this, mm. you know, um, but they were adamant and I, I wish that I could find or try to connect with them. I've been trying for the last six months to oh, connect and be, be like, cool. just letting you know. But, uh, anyway, <laughs> so, um, once I learned the, I, so I did get a coach when it came mm -hmm. to businesses, I got a business coach. Um, and I, once I learned it, like I always tell people, I only have to learn things one time. Like once I learn it, I'm mm. like, okay, great. Now do I can it. implement and I can start to mm -hmm. do the testing. And, you know, um, so I got a business coach. I learned what I needed to learn. Um, I had the same experience that the people that I interviewed experienced, which is that there's so much more than just business. Because I could get the mm. business stuff down. I can map out a sales funnel, you know, like create a Facebook ad, no problem. Everything else was really more personal stuff. And I say people don't have yeah. business problems. They have personal problems that are now manifesting. Yep. So that's when I got a life coach. I was like, this is the most important part of, of my expansion. I got the business down, um, at least in, to the level that I feel like I can operate and still grow on my own at this point. When I'm ready to scale to something bigger or whatever, um, I think next year I was saying I want a brand manager, like somebody that just manages my brand because that's something oh, nice. I don't want to think about. Um, so that'll be a different aspect of having a business coach. But the, the life coaching piece and just having somebody help me manage my life so it doesn't become an issue in my business, that's, mm. I think that was for me the key. And what I found in the people that I studied, a lot of them didn't have life coaches, um, but that was a key for me. So when I teach people, even now, like I do have a life coaching certification. So a lot of what yeah. I teach really focuses on life stuff uh, because yeah. yeah, it's not just strategy. And so the people that work yep. with me know that is because that's such a I big component. That. Yeah. This is huge. <laughs> what you're saying right now, because um, I, yeah, I, what I think I realized in my own journey um, 
I, I think as an academic, mm-hmm. am all into like, okay, I'm going to be a marketer and I'm <laughs> going to learn this and this and this. And like, this is what being an entrepreneur looks like. Mm-hmm. And then cue all of your inner coming up mm-hmm. during that whole entire process, right? right? Because you are the, you are the generator of the business. You're, you have to take action. You're, you're attracting people. I mean, there's, it's you, it mm-hmm. all goes literally through you. Mm-hmm. So any that you're bringing up from your past, um, from money. I mean, yes. there's so many things, your own yes. achievement. And, and this is literally why this podcast exists is because I'm like, Oh, okay. So my, <laughs> some of it, not all of it comes from academia mm-hmm. and like what I grew up thinking I wanted to do. My whole conditioning was mm-hmm. all primed for that. So part of me is like, that's why I want to start talking about academic starting businesses, because probably some of the inner blocks were going to have similar ones. Yes. So um, I and so starting this has been a personal healing thing for me mm, as I, I talk through this. That's good. Yeah. But. What I, I, and I've said this before on the podcast is the personal development in like entrepreneurship. I mean, that is, it, it just is missing in academia for whatever reason. It's missing I in a in lot of everything spaces. in life. It's yeah. missing. <laughs> yeah. It's missing. And so, um, it was a big wake up call for me. And, um, because it moves so quickly, you can have these ups and downs that are just like, you know, bananas. Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, okay, what does self-care look like for me to process this stuff? So I did mindset coaching. I've done a lot of stuff. And recently I've even started therapy, Mm -hmm. uh, which I never thought I would do. Um, And that has been just such a gift for myself that I believe everyone deserves. And I, I think what you're bringing up is just this really important piece of you can hire out all the things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if you're not processing your perception, uh, the thoughts in your head, like that you're telling yourself, you know, in some somewhat unconsciously, if you're not, you know, doing something with those emotions in some way, it's going to be pretty tough. And that that has to be matched it does. with the strategy. If um, not yeah. more, because the strategy, yeah, because your ability to execute the strategy mm. will be, can you deal with this? Like from an internal perspective. Yep. Yep. So that's so important. See, and, and people have this negative connotation to therapy, but everybody, listen, everybody needs therapy. You know, like everybody does. No one grew up in the perfect household with the perfect parents and the perfect education. And no one did that. Mm -hmm. So we all need Mm -hmm. an element, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you need an element of that. And that's another reason why I'm, I want to work with the parents and the kids now is because let's, Mm -hmm. because there are so many things that building my business, I had to go back to my six-year-old self and my seven-year-old self and my 12 year old. And I'm like, you know, and I didn't have a bad childhood, you know, like, so yeah, if I didn't have a bad childhood, yeah. <laughs> let's talk yeah. about the people who did and how that can be yeah. such a hindrance. Um, you know, yeah. but I grew up in a very middle class, you know, American, mid-Atlantic and played the sports and all that. But still so mm-hmm. much comes up when you're building and you will only go as far as your mind will allow you to go. And if you're yeah. conditioned yes. one way and you can't get over it then that's going to be a problem. And I think that's really why people end up failing at this. Yeah, I think too, I'm even just talking, I've had a ton of therapists on this show too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that it's always been interesting from their perspective as well as they enter into this industry with their background and, and their knowledge. Um, but I, 
I'm realizing too that we like subconsciously hold on to some of the traumas we've experienced in yep. in life. Traumas, I mean, and we could even just talk about being called a name yeah, or it's, a certain it's so reprimanding small. by it, a teacher. It can yeah. be. Yep. Yeah, I remember I did something where, or I went back to a time where my uncle said something which was not malicious at all. Like mm-hmm. he just said, mm-hmm. don't do something, you know, for whatever. But apparently I had internalized that to, yep. <laughs> and it had become this big thing and I didn't realize Carried it, it was. you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's so funny because I, so I'm doing EMDR therapy, mm. which is eye movement, something, something. I don't know. I, I forget the last two <laughs> letters always. And, uh, it was recommended by Alex Sharfin and he's been doing it for a long time. So I was like, Hey, and so then I started asking all the therapists I was interviewing. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this legit? And they're like, yes, okay. it's very brain-based scientific, I like which I love. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so my most recent memory that I'm processing is something that happened to me in kindergarten, getting in trouble See? and having the memory of a teacher telling me that girls don't act like that. And I was like, Oh, that I never knew that last piece until I put myself back on that piece of carpet yep. and the shame I felt mm-hmm. for getting in trouble and watching everyone play outside. And feeling and like you can't say anything, like you have no voice now. You have no voice. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm supposed to act a certain way. And so I was surprised at how emotional I actually felt in re Girl, kind of living this memory. Me I'm yeah. like, I was crying, talking about yeah. how my uncle said, don't answer the telephone like that. Like, which was not. Mm. And I'm like, here I am, my 35 year old self. Yep. Talk, yep. You know, talking about the totally. same like, this is ridiculous. And but that's. And that's and that's why therapy or even just like giving yourself the gift of of actually processing Mm -hmm. it. Like if you have a memory that's that old and it's stuck with you, even if it's not emotionally charged, like I don't know why I carried it. I just remember it. And then I'm thinking and I'm like, wait, I don't remember very much from that time, but I remember this. So there's a reason reason. why I'm carrying this with me. Mm -hmm. And so to go through the process of you know, in EMDR, she was, or at least my therapist was talking about how you like, we're basically trying to make the charge of the memory go from being high to being low. Mm -hmm. So then I don't have that feeling of agitation and and the gut responses I was Mm. having. And, and so I started to sit here and go like, yeah, it seems like such a minuscule event, harmless, um, but it must be something that I've been carrying. And so what a gift for myself to be able to be like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. And now I see how this has impacted me. And, you know, thank you for that teacher to do this because like now I can, you know, whatever I can make sense of what, you know, what I'm, I'm doing here, whatever. So anyways, I, I just think, and then I think with entrepreneurship, there's so many, and, and then this is on like a whole other level, like back to why mindset work, you know, if you want to do therapy or, or mm-hmm. possibly going through therapy as well, it's, it's pretty traumatic <laughs> what right? we're trying to do, right? Yeah. Like we're putting our face on the internet and we're saying things yeah. and then people are like paying us and you're like running ads. I mean, there's a lot that can happen in a given day as an entrepreneur. So, um, part of me even feels like, look, I only have so much like mental capacity <laughs> and space for like trauma and sadness and fear. So I should get rid of the like weight of kindergarten and like right. move on to what I'm dealing with now. Right. And that's what it feels like. And so we experience a lot of ups and downs in, in business and we're pushed way past our comfort zone so regularly that if you're not tuned in to how your 
you know, sabotaging yourself or mm-hmm. what emotions and how they're showing up inside or in your body and all this other stuff. I mean, dude, it's going to be really hard for you to be successful at this. It really is. And that's what people don't mm-hmm. get is that it's more, it's really more than just you know, the hands to the plow work, like the writing of the email or the, you know, like the, let me schedule this Facebook ad. It's so much more than that because, or what app to buy or what product to buy. Exactly. Cause you can out, like you said earlier, like there's a lot that you can outsource. You can outsource all that stuff. You cannot outsource your personality or your personal development Mm -mm. or, you know, Mm -mm. outsourcing dealing with what happened to you when you were five years old on a a kindergarten carpet, that stuff, you can't outsource that stuff. You have to deal Mm -mm. with it. Otherwise, you risk not being successful at the thing you really, really want. Mm. Uh, and, mm. and so yeah. people have to weigh the cost. And there are certainly people who hit the wall and they're like, this is too much, can't do it, or not ready at this time. Um, and that's sure. okay, but being honest about that too, because there's a reason why you're not being successful at this entrepreneurship game. Mm. And it's probably not because you don't understand Facebook ads. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's usually an underlying deeper issue, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so my next question, I'd love to hear a little bit about what your income streams look like currently in your business. Sure. Like, what's the structure of your business? Where Where's money coming from? Um, because I also want to open up the potentials of how, you know, how we make money online. Yeah. Okay. Now, there's a lot. Let me see if, see if I can remember <laughs> all of them. So there is my personal coaching business right? With the mentorship Mm. program that I run or in the online courses that I do. So there is that, that is probably going to be the bulk of my income. Um, then we have, I also co-founded another business called flourish media where it's more done for you kind of services because I don't do Uh, that, but you know, I don't, I don't do that for people. So I needed something that was going to um, it makes sense for clients that I have even, or other people who are like, you know, thank you. Because listen, there's a difference between somebody who's an entrepreneur and a CEO. This is what I've also realized in running my programs. Mm, the ones who have totally. been working as a CEO in their company because they've been the vice president of something, they're like, okay, thank you for teaching me that. I don't want to do it. Who can I hire? <laughs> totally. Right? Like, I thank you. Yep. Now I know how it works, but I don't want to be on Canva making Instagram pictures. Like nope. I, there's, you know, nope. so um, I have another company called Flourish Media and they that's more done for you services. Everything on everything with digital marketing stuff from copywriting to graphics to websites that we have a team of people that handle that. So that's awesome. the other revenue stream. Um, I also this year especially have been doing a lot more speaking engagements, mm-hmm. which has become a revenue stream that I really honestly, let me just be honest, that is not something that I wanted to do. <laughs> Mm. which sounds weird. I think everybody's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I prefer to stay home behind my computer and my camera. Totally. Um, It's just a different energy level, you know, when you're in person. But I also understand the value of it because sometimes people need that tangible um, Mm. to help them move forward. And I think now we're Mm -hmm. seeing a lot more of these events pop up. So I do a lot of that, a lot of traveling. Um, For the last two months, that's pretty much every other week I was in a different city. So I'm happy to be home for four weeks and then I'll head to Las Vegas for another speaking engagement. Um, So that's the other way. There's also always my YouTube channel and I still do work with brands just very, I'm more selective now because it's not something that I'm like, Mm -hmm. I absolutely need this to live. Like, you know, whereas before it was. So I'm more selective. So there's still that. I still am an influencer in that regard. And then now, uh, you know, aside from those things, I'm, you know, writing, I'm doing a lot more writing, getting Mm. my, my book should be out by the end of this year. What I really want to do is I really want to create I want to create 
uh, something for colleges that uh, explores digital entrepreneurship because um, there's not, ah. <laughs> I should say, mm-hmm. there's not, nothing exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've researched it. Like literally there's nothing, even when I'm looking at textbooks, like what textbooks are out there? What? So I'm, I'm in the process of, of doing that. I want to write a proposal. That's, you know, the way to, to do that is you write proposals and then you submit. So uh, that's kind of what I'm exploring now. Awesome. That's really rad. I love the future of where you're headed. That's definitely, yeah, very, very cool. Um, So as we talk about all these different income streams, um, and there's maybe someone listening who wants to start one or someone has a kind of a a small one coming in right now at the moment while they're working, uh, you know, or finishing their dissertation or working full time, what advice would you give them to, to decide, I don't know, to, to go all in on it? Or what advice would you give them? to really make it a serious side income that is really consistent and can, you know, potentially even counter their salary that they're getting from their school? Sure. So because I know that the overwhelming majority of people who are listening to this are probably coming from a research-based background, academic background, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, do the research in terms of where you can fill in your industry's gap. Ooh, I love that advice. Marketing really comes down or making money and marketing comes down to two things, your ability to solve a problem and your ability to communicate how you solve the problem. Mm. But you have to be able to fill in the gap because if everybody else is doing it, then it's, Yep. The, you know, then it becomes, well, how You're do you stand, stand out? out? So there's still a way that yeah. you're filling in the gap. So I would say every industry is viable at 2018. I've seen people yep. make money on teaching people cycles of the moon. So it's, yep. you know, yep. you can make money doing anything, but you have to be able to contribute uh, in a positive way. It has to be something that people are going to be willing to pay for, of course. Um, mm. And I, I would say start there. Start researching where the gap lies. Look at what your quote unquote competition would be and what they're yep. not doing. And then do. And if you can do that, then do that and do it really well. And just focus. That's the other thing is everybody wants Ooh, to be yeah. everything to all people at all times. Just yep. focus on one thing. Once you start to grow your brand or grow a community or grow a following or grow your platform, so to speak, those people will follow you into many different areas, mm-hmm. right? I started mm-hmm. off as a YouTuber who talked about lip gloss, right? Like, yep. And yep. people have followed yep. me from that journey into my entrepreneurial journey who have become clients, you know, and who be- mm. now parents who've also started there are now, you know, signing up for the parent program. So there's a Love lot it. of different things that people can do. They will follow you everywhere, but just they will follow yeah, you. focus on, on being really good at one thing, which I know is so hard for people to do because you're so gifted yeah. and so talented and you want to do yeah. everything and you want to yeah. be of service. Um, but just focus on one thing and then you can build from there. What I love about this is as you were talking, I heard such parallels of your dissertation, your research, right? Statement of the problem. <laughs> like, but the problem is like something that is keeping someone up at night. Maybe not that esoteric, like crazy, like weird little piece right. of research that you found the gap in, but it's the same it idea. So if we can reframe it so it works for our little academic brain, like... This is what your your dissertation chair was trying to communicate to you when you were trying to do the lit review that was all over the place. It was like focus, like, and so I love it. Like, it's funny. It's a it's a great way of tying this up. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna. I will quote you and use. I will quote you and say I had this interview, um, and she pointed out that this is what I talked about. But yeah, absolutely, it's true. That's exactly it. And that's. 
And if anything, who better than most of the people trying to start a business to do that? Because like market mm. research is research. Is research. <laughs> and so if you can use that lens that you've you've learned and you've potentially even been teaching other people, that is all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is all it is. And we don't need to make it more complicated um, than it needs to be. So I love that. That was Thank great you. advice. Tracy. That was really good. So. Yeah. Yeah. See, look at that. Magic. Um, so Tracy, where can people find you and stalk you and, and see what you're up to as you oh, awesome. maybe they well, have they, kids that have YouTube channels? <laughs> they can find me everywhere. I'm tr so I'm Tracy Timberlake everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. Just Tracy Timberlake. Awesome. And you claimed it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what I am. It's very easy to find me. Um, and I'm I'm open to you finding me everywhere. But that's it. Awesome. Very cool. Is there any one place you hang out the most? Um, yeah. So I hang out a lot uh, in my private Facebook group, which is called A-List mm. Entrepreneurs. If anybody's interested in that, um, you can search it up. It's on Facebook, A-List Entrepreneurs. And that's where I hang out the most. And Instagram, those two places. And Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yes. Love Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on. Thank it's you. been such a great on our two year meeting anniversary Yay. or close to it <laughs> off a couple days. But um, it's been such a pleasure watching you grow your business, um, seeing you just, yeah, running around speaking a lot. I think we talked about that. So I think this, you know, what you're up to is really great. Oh, and the ad around parenting and <laughs> YouTube. You. I feel like I have people to send your way, by the way. So is that always open? Or um, is yeah, it yeah, absolutely. Is... It's always open. So cool. please do. Um, you know, yeah. that when we talk about mindset thing, that was like a scary thing for me. Cause I was like, are people mm, going to be like, oh, she's not a parent. She don't know what she's talking about. Mm, but I was like, you know mm -hmm. what? I'll just do it and see what happens. And it had yeah. a great response. So, yeah. And I think, yeah. And I feel like that too. Yes. I can give advice and say, Oh, this is what I think it's like <laughs> okay. to be a parent. But if we're transparent and say, Hey, I don't know, but like I'm here and I have some things I've done. Here's how to be safe. Here's how to do it. Yeah. So they're going to trust you because you know what you're up thank to. You. So thank you so cool. much for having me. This is awesome. such a great conversation. Yeah. Yay. Thank you, Tracy. Well, we'll see you next time. We'll see you around on the interwebs and uh, chat soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.